This is Channel 253 Sports. Uh, Tim, Tim, I have a problem. What's the problem? I don't have my wine in a can. <gasps> Quit setting your drinks down. Well, I set it down because I was yeah. drinking it, and it's then I wasn't drinking it, and then I drank it, and then I'm drunk. In 2004, 30 years after the birth of the Seattle Sounders, a crack podcasting unit was sent to prison by a federal court for a crime they didn't commit. These men and women promptly, well, eventually, escaped from a minimum security luxury prison camp to the Tacoma Underground. Today, still wanted by the Timbers Army for dropping trial in front of Jeltwin, they survive as supporters of fortune. If you need a hot take, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Flounders B Team. Hey everybody, this is Steve and you are listening to the Flounders B-Team Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, in studio today we have Kevin. back from his teacher summer. <laughs> Kevin Zamira. Hi, Kevin. Hey. Hi, Kevin. How we doing? I, how you? How are you? Man, teacher summers are the best. <laughs> Sixer. <laughs> Sixer. Teacher summers rule. They're the greatest thing ever. Uh, I never want to go back. So it's you're brilliant. You, we were in the green room and yes, you're telling we some stories. You had some pretty fantastic stories that I'd like to get to if we if we have a little bit of time a little bit later on because you got some good stuff. I got you, buddy. But um, also in studio, of course, we've got Timothy Allen Hamilton. It's, it's Aaron. Timothy A. A. Ron Hamilton. A. A. Ron. Timothy. Timothy A. A. Ron Hamilton. Yeah. No, just Hamilton. Yeah, that works too. Yeah, just like ten dollar bill. Alexander Hamilton. Like the music. Music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, musical. All right. Why is that? Why, when you do it, it, looks like the fiddler on the roof. <laughs> yeah, you were doing <laughs> da, 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 rich, yeah, well, Every musical is fiddler to me. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> just, it. I'm Reptavian, bitch. You're to shimmy your man It is season two, episode 19. We are recording on August 6, 2018, after the glorious win against Minnesota United. I do this every year, especially when you're here. Uh, whenever we play Minnesota United, I want to say Manchester United. Mm. What are we talking about? We're going to talk about the. the, You talk to yourself. You know what? I got to warm up. I got to warm the pipes up. You've been talking this whole time. That's true. During the whole game. Fuck. What a prick. I'm sorry. Um, Don't talk about your mom. Nobody's arguing. So, our last (laughs) show was with uh, Jackson Feltz, and we really want to thank Jackson again for coming on to our show. Uh, We went to the Georgian Dragon, uh, the illustrious, the iconic Georgian Dragon Pub right there in Fremont, Seattle, Washington. Really grateful for his time. Uh, Met him and his wife, Risa. Uh, and, and just, we just, we just talked about roster stuff. The last time that we spoke, we were expecting that, um, uh, uh, rhymes with Furtado was gonna, was gonna show up here in Seattle, but it, it seems that Paolo uh, he, Hurtado he, he has been show acquired. Up. Well, he did show up. He was in a Bellevue lobby. Yeah. <clears throat> See, we got to stop. See, I don't know. Photos. I don't know why we're, we're putting these guys up in a Bellevue hotel. Um, Bellevue is bullshit. We'd well, expect him to like he if we put him in Georgetown or Tuckwilly, he wouldn't stick around. Put him in one of those like hipster hotels in downtown Seattle with the pineapples. You know what I'm talking? That's, Capitol Hill. No, that's in that's I think that's no. There's new district. But wherever it is, they need to figure that out because I mean, 
like basically if you stay in at a Bellevue hotel, you're at the mall. You're staying at the mall. Again, uh, last since last time we met, uh, we played NYCFC to a win as well. Uh, we just finished playing Minnesota United to a win uh, in a basically a stoppage time double shocker with Lodero PK off of a bull. I mean, just a, a completely ridiculous handball. Um, and then, of course, the Will Bruin chip uh, against the keeper that makes um, that I mean, it was a shot heard around the world, really. It was pretty fantastic, pretty terrible defending on uh, behalf of Minnesota. Uh, so we're going to break that down a little bit. There's some key players we'd like to talk about today. want to talk about Nuhu. We want to talk about Kim Ki-hee. We want to talk about uh, Christian Roldan and, and his uh, leadership, in, especially towards the front half of the first half. And Will Muffa Bruin. Yeah, Holy wraps shit. Up. Thanks, guys. Good night. <clears throat> yep, exactly. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about Hurtado, uh, and we're going to have a segment a little bit later on, uh, hopefully with Nico Moreno, uh, talking about roster moves and uh, talk about any other transfer rumors and um, Kellen Rowe. Are you putting Kellen Rowe options? Are you putting the uh, uh, the Nico part into this episode? Yeah. Okay, so we That's don't know what plan. happens yet. All we right. don't know what happens yet. It's going to be a, it's going to be but mystical wait. and magical. Of course, we have our listener questions and of course the world famous Flounders B team exit. So Kevin, it's yes. good to see you again. Teacher yeah. Summer. It's good to be here. We were expecting to see a little bit more of you this summer, but you've been traveling around all over the world, haven't you? I'm a world traveler, man. World traveler, LA, Spokanistan. Yeah. Rainier. <laughs> I heard mm-hmm. Spoklahoma. Spoklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. You spent some time in Chelan. Yep. Man, you've had a great summer. So far, so good. You usually do, though. Yeah. I, I've seen that. I've seen that you're a... We summer hard in my family. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I we mean, summer hard. Yep. We do. Yep. It, Take it, it seriously. Bucket it, lists are created. Uh, World Cup brackets are created. Oh, wow. Yeah. One this year by my wife. She would be, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. She'd be oh, unhappy. What'd she do? She won the world, the Zamira World Cup bracket. She won the Zamira World she Cup did. bracket. France pulled it out for her in the end. Holy cats. Yeah. She man. did. She did it. So, yeah, we have fun. It's been great, man. But I'm excited to talk about some soccer. En France. I'm, I'm pumped. Talk about some Sounders. The uh, It's really exciting. What, the no losses in seven straight No games. losses in seven match, four straight wins, 12 points out of 12 they in the last four games. Since June 30th. Oh, man. I, I had I had a feeling that July was going to be a better month, yeah. but holy shit, I had no idea how good it was going to be. Yeah. Um, we're on a bit. Uh, we've got a, a couple more away games, uh, and then we're not back home until September 3rd. Is that right, Timbo? We played this weekend versus Dallas Sunday night. So, oh no, yeah, no, that's right. That's part of my birthday weekend. What now, bitches? Yeah, yeah, yeah they changed the time of that from five o'clock to seven o'clock. So, check your calendars, kids. Okay. By if the you time didn't this get episode the comes out, you should already be on your way to the game. <laughs> Tim with the perpetual shade. I love just you, man. Just putting a little pressure on it's you. It's just there. like, yep, yeah, no problem. Well, you know, I say it's, oh, it'll definitely be out Wednesday night. Congratulations, Belgium. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Congratulations to the United States women for winning the 2019 World Cup. Yeah. Uh, Let's get that out right now. L.A., man. You you went and saw a a, a B-team game between Manchester United and AC Milan at StubHub? It was super fun. It was total um, United B-team. And it was like overall the action wasn't anything 
super, but that's not why you go to a preseason game. No, I don't God think. no. It's a, a friendly, see, especially. Yeah, it's a chance to see you know amazing athletes up close. Um, you forget how big and fast and strong they are, and how quick the ball can move. Sometimes, even in a game like that where it wasn't anything fantastic, it's still pretty cool to watch that. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere at StubHub was pretty cool. There were a lot of people out in the parking lot ahead of the game. There were a ton of Manchester United fans down there. Um, StubHub, if you've never been there to watch a game, is actually a pretty cool place to watch a game at. Mm-hmm. Pretty good atmosphere, pretty cool stadium. Um, we sat next to some LA Galaxy season ticket holders. They were incredibly nice, very friendly. Um, talked to us about LA Galaxy. Not quite happy with um, you know, everything that's going on, but appreciate you know Zlatan bringing some mm-hmm. magic, bringing some fun to the team. Um, they're not huge Siggy fans. <laughs> um, so that was that was fun to commiserate with them a little yeah. bit on that. Um, but it was a good time, City's man. Like LA, years, man. LA is a great city. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like take away all the sports stuff. Like take away your sport hate for LA. Um, it's a pretty cool place. Like super friendly, um, very chill. It reminds me a lot of Seattle, and just that there's a lot of cranes downtown and a lot of homeless people, unfortunately. Great experience. Good family trip. Can't advocate enough for it. Before we move on, I wanted to ask you about your, um, you, you said you had a um, a youth soccer experience this weekend yeah. that kind of uh, hit on some of the points we were talking about in our appearance on the Nerd Farmer. Yeah, the two cultures. So if you listen to the Nerd Farmer podcast, I talked about how there's really two different cultures in U.S. youth soccer. There's the mainstream, uh, mostly white, middle to upper class um culture and i think that's what a lot of us see and that's a lot of what you'd see uh national team players go through they go through big major clubs um and my son plays on i would say you know a major washington club mm-hmm. um and so they got to the final of a you know a decent little tournament it's not any top tier tournament or anything like that up in burlington it's the rush cup they did a good job putting it on but they get to the final and it's against a team that is latinx they had uh um, all Spanish speaking, like the coach was speaking Spanish the uh-huh. entire time. They had two girls that came out and played. Yeah. Um, they had a very, very young boy that came out and played. <laughs> right. My son plays um, basically uh, U12, right? 12, 12 and under. He's an 07. Um, and it was two contrasting styles, two contrasting cultures. Um, and it was just interesting to see, you know, that big difference there, that huge gap mm-hmm. um, between those two teams. Like, not every kid on the other team had the same uniform, and we're sitting there with BMW logos right, on the front of our uniform. Right, yeah. Um, you know, and, um, you know, it was interesting, the parents' reactions to it on the sideline. You talked a little bit about that. gamesmanship. Yeah, they were just, at, you know, I just loved it. They were <laughs> acting like little pros, man. Like, they're up 1-0 <laughs> late. And a uh, kid goes down, kind of holding his leg like he's got a cramp. <laughs> One of his other teammates runs over and, like, lifts up his leg and, like, tries to stretch it, you know, like, pushes back the toe, <laughs> you know, and shakes his leg a little bit. I'm like, I want the kid to get up and play so that, you know, the game can get moving. But I also want to give a slow clap for these, like, <laughs> kids that are just experts at um, killing off a game. Like, Minnesota United should have been watching yep. these kids, Oh, yeah, right? like, totally, totally. They totally knew how to kill off the game. And... It was really frustrating to a lot of our parents. Um, you know, some parents were running after the ball when it went out of bounds and they throw it to their keeper and the keeper would kind of like accidentally drop it or accidentally kick it away. Um, but they just, 
they knew soccer. You could tell they had just such a high soccer IQ. Um, and they just, it appeared to me like they play a lot and they watch a lot. Yeah. Like they really mimicked a lot of upper level soccer. And it was just, it was so foreign. And I use that word purposefully. It was mm-hmm. so foreign yeah. to our kids, this different culture. And yet here we are, they're from Monroe. This team is just from Monroe, mm-hmm. like just up the street, like not that far away, <laughs> but these two teams couldn't have been farther apart from each other sure. just in terms of their culture. And it was just such a clash of cultures coming together. I thought it was cool to see. And I thought, you know, I talked to my son afterwards and we discussed a lot of their tactics and it didn't really bother him. He He's not like, he doesn't yeah. live and die with the results. Sure. He's like, yeah, whatever. Let's go get some dipping dots, Dad. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> whatever, kid. Um, but it totally like it showed me that yeah, we still have two very different cultures in so, soccer. So DeAndre Yedlin came out of Snohomish County soccer, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And uh, I've got a brother-in-law that that came out of Snohomish County soccer. He's an electrician now, mm-hmm. but um, they 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 played together and they. The question I have is, Kevin, mm. what's different? How does that contrast with how, I mean, other than like the resourcing and having a BMW logo on the, on the shirt, mm-hmm. how is that? How is the, how is the, 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 the affluent white soccer experience different from the Latinx mm-hmm. culture Well, in the, this instance? I, it, here's what I think the biggest difference mm-hmm. is, is it's resources. And if you have, if you have resources, um, sustainability is not as much of an issue. Sure. Um, I don't know the name of that club mm-hmm. that my son played against. I don't think you're going to see that club team uh, in four years, probably. Like, that would be my best guess. Right, right. Like, if, it's if, an ad hoc organization. Yeah. And-, and so the difference is that my son's team, and I put that in quotes, will probably make its way through all the way through U18. But I bet if you took a picture of that team five years from now, you're going to find very few of the same players, Mm. right? Um, So the club is going to continue to attract players and will continue to funnel players through. This other team that's just kind of a team and not part of a club, um, those kids, some of them might go away. Some of them might choose not to play anymore. Some of them might might not be able to play anymore. And there may be a core group of kids that just lose out on soccer because they don't have the opportunities. They may have to move to some other club. Right. Hopefully they they do. Hopefully they can. Um, so for me, the difference is just that you might there, – there were like – I was watching um, the, the other team's center back. He's mm-hmm. such a good little center back. Technically clean, never made mistakes, didn't get pulled out of the center, positionally sound. Um, knew when to sweep out if he had to. Sure. Um, just a very good little player. And I'm like, man, that kid, like, uh, I, I want to see how he does later on. But that's a kid who could potentially, um, you know, we could miss out on as a sort of national youth structure, right? If um, there isn't enough resources around to keep him playing all the way through. It's not just enough that he wants to play. He's going to always need a team. And if he doesn't know where to go, if other kids on his team flake out, then we lose out on that sort of thing. So like DeAndre Yedlin played for Northwest Nationals. Then he played for Crossfire, mm-hmm. right? And he had a support structure around him in a lot of ways. Um, I think the issue is just resources. Like if if that team folds or collapses, you you might miss out on four or five kids that still want to play but don't know where to go and right. don't have a structure around them. Right. If they don't have that professional team, team structure around them. Yeah. If kids, if if four or five kids don't show up to tryouts next year for my son's team. 
that's okay. They'll they have resources to go out and find more players, mm-hmm. or more players will show up to the tryouts and they'll mm-hmm. fill in. That's just not going to be the case at a smaller team like that. Well, that smaller team is that smaller team going to be knocking on doors to try to find no. out where the kid is. No, Maybe. he's going to be swept up by yeah. you know uh, gangs that want to play volleyball and. <laughs> <laughs> but like. Top Gun Beach Volleyball Gang. At 13, 14 years old, though, kids do other things. Yeah, it's true. No, it's absolutely true. Maybe maybe the coach (laughs) has got great connections with those kids, and yeah, he knocks on their door and he keeps them. But like, if kids don't want to play, they're not going to play. So they'll just go do other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that team, and I'm speaking generally here, but I don't think that team will have the resources to pull in other kids. They've just got you know, a finite pool. If five kids fall out, the team just folds. Which they will. I mean, yeah. odds are they will. And even next year, right, that team is going to move from nine aside to 11 aside. Yeah. They're going to need more players on that team. The girls aren't going to be able to continue to play more than likely. Yeah. Right. With the boys all the way through. They could, but, you know, more than likely they won't be able to. And so, you know, that's where like. And more like, importantly, nobody's yeah. watching yeah. those kids. Yeah. There's to not see a if they're the talented. Them. Sure. folks that are going to be put into a pipeline somewhere mm-hmm. of talent yep. uh, through the U17, U18, U19 yeah. through the through the academy system. Yeah, it's you just not have, happening. Yeah, you have more of a support structure around the bigger clubs. Okay. Um interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. No I definitely problem, appreciate that. Um so the NYCFC match uh it was uh of course 3-1 Sounders. We played on uh 729. Uh Christian Roldan scored a goal in the 36th minute, Svensson in the 51st, Harry Ship in the 85th, and then of course uh was it Jose Medina in the 68th minute? Roldan's goal was 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 great. He he brought the ball down and fired it quickly. Uh-huh. And you didn't even talk about Svensson's Jesus laser. Jesus Medina. I didn't talk about no, Svensson later. Holy shit! Svensson hit, oh, hit a hit a worm burner no, that actually point. bounced on the turf under a guy's legs and just just like stayed about two or three feet high. Yeah, max. Svensson's goal was so great they considered retroactively giving Sweden the World Cup. <laughs> that. that was such a good hit. <laughs> and then uh, and then Harry Ship basically stole the ball from uh, from Ladero and said, "This is my ball." That was just dirty. This is my ball. I'm going home. And then t- <laughs> took it, it away in the top corner, like top net. It was awesome. I. I was playing in a tournament, so I was watching or uh, listening to this thing mm-hmm. on the way home. I was, I know NYCFC was missing some guys. Um, yeah, I was not impressed. Yeah, by them. David Villa did not show yeah, up. Pe- he Peter did not Vela. play on turf. Yeah, he was making some more. Yeah, they they did still though. Pete, what Peter Vela? Peter Vela? <laughs> He's a winemaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does a lot of box wines. <laughs> Peter Vela. Okay, I thought you were messing with me again. You know, with his buddy Carlo Rossi. Carlo <laughs> plays for LA. <laughs> Martini and Rossi, Asti Spumanti. So, uh, remember that we're playing, we're playing, uh, we're playing in a New York team that that played like a midweek game in Orlando, mm-hmm. and they're yeah, they were on short rest. They're tired, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. So, and they're in def- our house, and we definitely took advantage of the fact that they didn't have David. That was a fun game to go to. So, and that's all you came up with was just like this goal, this goal, this goal. Well, no, I was just uh, I, I we're short on time today, so I was going to try to move on to the Minnesota okay. because hey. NYCFC is old news. But you're right, there Kevin, were some really serious. I just wasn't all that. I know <sighs> they were missing some guys. I know they had the midweek game, mm-hmm. um, I, and it's not I, like I hesitated to bring this up when we were talking about it before because I didn't want to rain on the parade that everybody was having for the. Like I was seeing people on Twitter talk about, oh, Sanders is going to go back to the final. Like after they won, yeah, this calm game. down, and dude. After, well, that was that. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> that's 
slow down. It's because we're higher in the standings than Toronto is. Yeah, just like, okay, like, don't get me wrong, NYCFC, the very strong team, um, could win the supporter shield, I think. Um, we were, we, we and were, like, but they were missing guys. They had the midweek game. They yeah, really were just like they're this horrible is a away from game. Yankee Stadium. We were, we yeah. were worried about that match if they would actually have brought somebody with yeah, them. That, uh, but that, I mean, it was, it was, yeah. it was a no show. It was they really mailed it in. Yeah. And and um, and the Sounders are on a seven game streak of not losing, and four of currently those, now, yeah, four of those are wins. Yes, yeah. four in a row, and that's nothing to like look sideways at. However, That's what we needed. We need. We still yeah. need more. We're still below well, the red and, line, but and we and we're at a long way to go. Right. Yeah. We talked yeah. about on the last show. We're at a. We're not at the weakest part of the roster or the weakest part of the season. But mm. but getting past NYCFC is definitely a huge hurdle. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've got a we've got a good run of 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 fairly straightforward matches to play. Dallas, I think, will be a little tough, uh, even though that's at home. Uh, but we should dispatch them with ease. Um, no. No, you think it's going to be a little bit harder. You want to talk to Rainey? Dallas, well, it's a little late for that. <laughs> Dallas, Dallas is what? Just a, just a, a. They're they're number one in the in the West right now. So yeah, they just got shelled by the last place team. So I think they're going to come out. I did the blue. same thing last week. They're going and come, said Dallas was going to be easy. They're yeah, we come I feel like it's going to be a bit stronger. We've yeah. got three games yeah. against top five. So we've got Dallas, LA Galaxy, and Portland. Yeah, Portland's coming up. So look, don't get me wrong. Like it's I a said, stretch. Seven games without a loss. Four of them are wins. Like they are playing much better. And, much and much these better. these last four wins have mm-hmm. have assured that if we drop yeah. one or two of those matches, it's not um, it's not you know good night, Sadie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think we can afford two losses, maybe three, yeah. but. We still got some work to do. Jeremiah O'Shan did a uh, uh, has maintained a pretty good analysis of of where we are and what we need to do to to make the uh, to make the playoffs. Right now, we're after the Minnesota United game. We're five uh, five points back from RSL with a game in hand, so we're feeling pretty good about that. When do we play RSL next? Uh, I think we're done. We're done with them. Yeah, we already lost to them twice. Okay, well there you go. Um, yeah, back to back. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it's it's a. I mean, it's going to be a tough schedule. This next couple of months, games left. But there's but... a lot. There's a whole, as they say, there's a whole lot of football left. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we have Vancouver at Vancouver. We we'll probably have LA yeah, at yeah, yeah. Uh, here and Philly because we played LA away already. Well, we play um, Galaxy twice still. So it's two more yeah. times? Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Home yep. This time. month and next month. Yep. Well, um, that's fantastic. Yeah. So. It, I'm just like, it was a good look. The past so two NYC, wins have yeah. been great. And NYCFC was absolutely a very welcome result. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was fun to watch. It was um, definitely less. It, it, it was the catharsis that the fans absolutely needed after a really long we slog. We needed free yeah. haircuts. Yeah, like, we needed three goals. Yeah. We, needed. we absolutely needed free haircuts. There's nothing wrong with free haircuts. I love free haircuts. It's for the boys. I got a free. Well, I missed the free haircut, and but I have an eight dollar great clip, great clips hey, coupon in my she office. She looks like she gets her hair done at great. Clips. If the hey, bald girl. guy is okay with free haircuts, I'm okay with Yep. Okay, so what else do we want to talk about with uh, NYCFC? No, that's it. Nope, uh, that's great good. team. Uh, they yep. played poorly, and yep. we took advantage of it, and that's what we're supposed to do. Tonight. Yep, absolutely. You win at home, you draw away, or sometimes you win away. 
and you win away. You win ugly, and and this team still has work to do. I mean, we haven't played a, a really clean game. If our offense is, is chugging right along, then our defense has a, a, a mistake or two, and vice versa. If our defense is playing, balls out our offense ain't doing it. But moving on. Minnesota United uh, FC, of course, uh, we just defeated them on Saturday. Five days to our listeners. Eight, eight days ago to you and me. To we'll probably listeners. get this out after the Dallas game, uh, which we won, by the way. Congratulations, it was Belgium. one nil. Congratulations, Belgium. Anyway, Minnesota United. Um, can you go through the lineups, buddy? Sure, man. Um, Thanks, Tim. Minnesota's doing a three-one-four-two. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, what's, what's the, score the score in the back? Uh, Boxall, <laughs> Cowman, and Calvo are the back three. Warner is uh, the defensive mid. Attacking, yeah, Calvo. Uh, Ibarra, Ibsen, Schuler, and as a, as an aside, Calvo did a pretty Alexi good, Gomez. pretty good, uh, had a pretty good defensive game. He was uh, he was doing kind of the same stuff that uh, old boy from Vancouver was doing. Um, Waston, Waston, yeah, Kendall Waston. He's, he he's a very Kendall Waston. <laughs> no, not he wasn't that aggressive, no. <laughs> but other players on his team was. We got Darwin the Nightmare. <laughs> Quintero and uh, uh, Rodriguez. Ooh. He had so many looks. He had so many looks. Darwin, yeah, man. Good we, pickup we, for them. We missed we missed our chance. Nate was all over that and saying, we got to sign this guy dude, in February. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely a mess. And speaking of messes, we'll talk a little bit a little bit later about Hurtado. Uh, <sighs> all right. For your Seattle for Super Sounders. For your Seattle Super Sounders. Ryan Gold. Tolo, Marshall, Kim, Kihi, and Leardham are back four. Is uh, that our best back four? That's right t- now TBD. as constructed. TBD. I mean, I I like I like what Kim Kihi brings, mm-hmm. uh, but he twisted an ankle, so we'll see. Well, he said he's fine on Twitter. He said, "I'm fine. Don't worry, guys. I'm fine." What's the What's the character for? Kim I think Kihi? that was after. That was probably not after the. Uh, that was probably not after, after the X-ray. That's probably after it's before the, the X-ray. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling good. No pain, guys. So uh, anyway. defensive mids, uh, <laughs> Alonzo and Svensson are attacking midfield. Ship Ladero rolled on. And up top we have uh, Rui. Can we start calling him Haroldinho? Sure. Okay, cool. And then Rudy up top. And He uh, had a hell of a match. Yeah. Uh, the one Jesus. Thing is, then one thing that everybody's been uh, noticing is uh, there was no Dempsey in the 18. He didn't travel. He had some some back pain. Yeah, lower back pain. That's yeah. funny that I'm an old man and that happens to me a lot. That's what I said. Finally, <laughs> Dempsey and I have something in common. <laughs> lower back pain. I'm holding this team together but, for someone. Oh. So, I don't, Steve, you asked if that's our best back four. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think... And I'm sure I'll get disagreement on this. Um, it probably rolled on is it right back. It probably is. Yeah, roll, roll down it right back. <laughs> a little shout out to Nate there, seeing if he's awake on the other side of the, of the planet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's probably our best back four uh, as they're playing right now. Although, I it just I can't figure out what the heck was going on with the halftime sub for Nuhu. I know it. it so we were told it was tactical. I'm not still well, that can, not that sure can what comprise, the tactical That was. can comprise a lot of reasoning, right? No, I, I like, know, but was Francis supposed to get forward more? Was he supposed to hold more? It looked like he was getting more into the attack. I did notice was, Nuhu missed some assignments in the first half. Uh, Marshall let him have it a couple times. 
Um, yeah, Fry's so, not shy about that but that's either. That's not a tactical sub. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a sub. <laughs> if you're not playing well and you get subbed at halftime, that's just a sub. Yeah, that's not tactical reasons. There was no right, change in right, formation. Right. I didn't think Francis was doing anything drastically different for the Sounders. Well, knew, knew who was knew who was. I mean, that first twenty minutes, it seemed like he had like two or three really great crosses in. I'm just what I'm bringing up is that um, what's going on at left back? Mm-hmm. Like, I, is knew who going to be put back in there, and is he going to have his confidence, and is he going to believe that Schmetzer believes in him, or? Is Francis the guy well, that goes back out there? I think we've had our issues with him in the past. There's also been conversations about uh, uh, Brad. Brad yeah. Smith. Brad Smith. Brad Smith. Of, sure. Is he with Burnmouth? I don't know. Some EPL team. Hold on. team probably. Oh, mm-hmm. No, he's, he's with EPL. He's. Uh, um, well, he was Liverpool. Um, yep. Then he got loaned out. Didn't play much. And then he got now sold to, over. not Crystal, but. Well, supposedly he's coming over on loan. Well, theoretically, I mean, there's there's interest, and he's been linked to the club, yeah. which is but about as about as good as it gets. He's been seen in a, in a hotel a lobby in signed. Bellevue. So Has there's he. he yes, so knew who got subbed at halftime. Burnmouth. He is with Burnmouth. Francis. Kim Kee. I think there's an ankle. issues with him. So I just now there's interest in some other guy coming over. Yeah. Who plays there on Saturday? This Saturday, I, I mean. <laughs> Between Francis and New or Who, Sunday, sorry, Sunday, uh, whichever, Sunday, 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 Sunday yeah. you'll you'll buy the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Yeah. So um, who, who plays left back? Uh, on Sunday? In my mind, I mean, in my man, in my mind, you start New Who over Francis every day, and every fine. day. But now you're you're starting the guy who you subbed at halftime for tactical reasons that nobody's really buying that it's tactical reasons. Is well, what I'm saying. But Maybe so, what's the alternative a... hypothesis? No, I don't care. That's, right, it doesn't matter. And, I'm but, saying that the guy got subbed because he wasn't playing well. Nobody, I think, you actually think that's really, the alternative hypothesis. Nobody, I don't think anybody is like viewing any sort of tactical change that happened when Francis came on. Like I, I haven't yet to see a real solid explanation. I didn't see it when I was watching did the you, game. Did you see that he was? I mean, how did you think he played that first half? I didn't think he played well in the first half. Okay, I really didn't. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, right. that's he missed assignments. Marshall got after him. Um, was he terribly effective in the attack? I'm trying to think. He had, he had, again, he had some good crosses in. I mean, he's playing forward like crazy. I don't know. Maybe they just bad fish and chips once yeah. again. Not taking okay. care of himself. And, I don't know. Okay. You, you don't sub out at halftime unless it's an injury, but. So there's ta- a lot of. Tactically, then yeah. You, yeah. You, you, yeah. You, yeah. But I mean, if, if they yeah. say it's a tactical sub, you don't want to call your player out. I mean, there's if, a hole if he's trying hard, is what I'm there's a hole left back. Yeah, there is. There currently is. Um, and and well, there our, was conversations our friend last Brad week. Smith is um, our friend Brad Smith uh, of Burn, currently of Burnmouth. Uh, his contract ends in 2020. Looks like we can pick him up for. I don't know, three quarter million a year in Tam. Oh, maybe less. Bring right. in somebody. Bring him in. Well, the conversation was to, to loan or to put him back down, uh, to put Nuhu back down at S2. Yeah. That, Jackson was all, that was Jackson's all suggestion. about that. So. I, I think I, I have a hard time with that. I mean, I really do think that um, that Nuhu, given a little bit of time, is going to develop. Uh, but maybe maybe I've got a uh, uh, maybe I've got a. Um, I don't know. Maybe I've got a, a kid bias. That's I love fine. that kid. We, we simply don't have room for mistakes right now. 
So that's why we need to shore up that position right quick. And if we're up six or seven goals, then we can put him in to, to let him grow. Same reason why we shouldn't be using Alex Roldan and you know, all the other Elfaros and, and whatever. I mean, if if we were solid and we were, you know, Dallas right now and mm-hmm. all, we're pretty much guaranteed to make the playoffs, then we could bring in we can bring up Sam Rogers and give him a few minutes. But now we're 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 all must win games. Mm-hmm. So if if he is the weakest link, then we're gonna have to shore that up. What other standout performances for you this week? Uh, Kevin, uh, Kim Kihi, how is he defensively? Kim Kihi, he's been great. I, I think he's been really, really strong um, since he's since he's joined the team. I think it's really hard to evaluate young center backs. Um, it's really hard to evaluate center backs when they're new to a league. Sure, um, but he's had a really good start. Yeah, and so I wouldn't say that. Like, I don't think you can just look at it and be like, "Well, Kim Kihi, he's our guy for the future." Um, cause he's been nicked up a couple times, but, um, he's played very, very well. And the one thing that, um, I've noticed just watching him lately is that he seems to be really doing a much better job of staying connected to the other center back that he's playing with, especially when it's Chad Marshall. You mean he doesn't run up 60 yards up the field? <laughs> well, he, does. He, he has made a forward run. But yeah, he did. Okay, he did yeah. I, I heard yeah. about that. He yeah. had a run. He did uh, go flying forward one time, <laughs> um, which was that's, awesome. That's Torres's deal. Like, where's, yeah. where, where, what? He stays very well connected um, to the other center back, especially Chad Marshall. He's done a good job with that. So I like what he does um, tactically so far. He plays it pretty safe for the most part. Um, he's quick. He's strong. He's good with his feet. He's a good passer out of the back. He appears to have all the tools to be a very good center back, and he's off to a strong start. And he marks the shit out of a player. Yeah. Like, if he's got an assignment, if he's got a man assignment, he's on it. Yep. Never leaves him. Yeah. It's a shadow. And the other guy, this won't shock anybody at this table, but Svensson has come back and looked incredibly sharp. From yeah, the World Cup. You are you are yeah. you're very happy with how that has oh, turned out. In interviews man. with Svensson, yeah. He's he said, you know, I'm sh- I'm sharp, I'm fit, I'm yeah. ready to go, but I'm just exhausted. Yeah, he's gotta <laughs> be. I mean, everybody else, they're like everybody else has taken three weeks off and like, you know, uh and obviously he didn't make it as far as the French team, but like Pogba just yep. showed up today. You know, <laughs> United, like, it's games in a few days. There's like, no such thing as a World Cup break if you're in the World Cup. There's still some <laughs> players that ha- are still on break yeah, from the World totally. Cup. Totally. He there's came right back and just started and yep. played. Yep. Like that's there's gotta be some just exhaustion from yeah. anxiety and every you know, if, if you, emotional, if emotionally you, and, and mentally just wiped out. If mm-hmm. you boiled down every moment of anxiety from from the season twenty four with Jack Bauer, and you you did that <laughs> in, <laughs> in like one twenty four hour period, that is what the World Cup playing in the World Cup has got to be like. And you, you're just like, I'm done. Okay, so Will Bruin, um, talk about super sub, huh? Yeah, yeah. I wish they'd sub somebody that was a little bit more impactful. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Dude, that was so funny when you did that. Like, God. All right. So, uh, do, we, do you want to just chronologically go through? I yeah, mean, let's go through the goals. We're, first 20 minutes, we're, we're on fire. Like, we can do no wrong. Everything's, even their except, bad touches, except end for up, get, it, get, we can't finish. Yeah. But everything is bouncing right back towards their box, and, and it's it's all one way traffic. Then, Darwin Cantero. Well, it seemed like there was, a, there was a five minute stretch where we had like, no shit, eight eight shots. Yeah, no, it, and it, we we definitely had them on the ropes, but uh, we didn't put them away. 
No. Uh, then I think there's, I don't know if there's a cross or a corner. A corner goes from one end of the box to the other, gets headed all the way back and almost out of bounds. And then that player uh, beats Nuhu, cuts it inside, plays it to Darwin. Darwin uh-huh. uh, takes 17th. Darwin takes a really hard challenge from uh, Ship and stays up. And other guys probably would have found a way to dig out contact and dive. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Chad Marshall probably assumed he was going to go near post, and then he kind of bent it around him. And then just just in that one space, just big enough for the ball, a, a slow roller to the back post. I mean, it wasn't. It was a well placed shot, placement over power every time. I have a quick question for uh, those of us who are newer to soccer. What's the difference between near post and far post? Which post is the near post? The one closest to the ball. Which the one closest to the which ball. Which post is nearest to you? So it's not closest to the, the touch line. It's not closest to the uh, coaches. Right? No. It's closest to the ball. It's a, sure. Yeah. Just far post is is the the harder of the two shots. It's further away. It's, gotcha. it's not that complicated. Now, granted, if you're right up in the middle, yeah, then it can be either way. But near post is usually the, the shortest distance. It's the side from which you're approaching, basically. Don't don't overcomplicate it. It's the closest, yeah, yeah. closest to you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. if you're shooting, shoot hard and high at the near post, <laughs> low and far at the low and, and and if you miss, if you miss, but it hits the keeper, there's a good chance he's going to spill out a rebound for somebody. Excellent. Thank you for that clarification. Some of our newer listeners will appreciate that. No, they know more than us. They're just here for the dick and fart jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, then uh, we, we take an injury, Kihi twists an ankle, uh-huh. and from the start of the first half, they are pretty much playing to kill the game off at 0-0. Zero, zero. Every, every yeah. opportunity to to take a couple of clicks off the clock, Bobby Bobby, what's the score, wouldn't pick the ball up right away and put it back in play. He's just kind of dinking around. But one thing I noticed, because they were farting around with it too much, they they the half ended on a corner kick, and you rarely see that. Rarely do you see... Usually the ref will wait until possession is lost to blow the whistle, but I mean, you, I'm trying to read lips here, and and they're trying to get the ball played back in at the at the corner kick, and the guys are just dinking around with it, and the AR is like, "I'm giving you five seconds." You can read his lips. I'm giving you five seconds, and then he still farted around with it, and then Drew Fisher blew the whistle right as he kicked it, and then everyone's like pissed, and you could still see the ref, the AR is like, hey, "I told you, I told you." You're just taking too long. So that being said, he added on all that extra time in the second half. So uh, so we go in down one nothing. Uh, hearts and hands. We think that we've done better, but we're we're being uh, um, somehow jobbed. I think I think we had a goal that was disallowed by offsides in the first half. Or was that the second half? Uh, I think that was the second, second half. half. Yep, second half. Um, so I went digging real quick to see if I could find out more about that halftime substitution. Yeah. Um, so I think that's about where we are in the recap. Bad fish and chips. So yeah, he Schmetzer's quote is that we had to bring on key where we had to bring Kihi off obviously for Roman and Waylon on for Nuhu. Those were the adjustments personnel wise. We really didn't change formations until we made the last sub with Bruin when we went with three in the back. So that, to me, makes it sound like personnel. We just didn't have the right personnel. We didn't have the right players on the field. Um, and then later, um, on, uh, he said uh, about bringing Waylon on at halftime, that's just tactical, or that's tactical, just some attacking movements. We've talked that he's better at distributing yeah. up the field. 
Yeah. He kind of, I don't know who's a better defender between he and Nuhu. Yeah. Nuhu's capable of, I think, more, you know. I think Nuhu's more capable of getting the ball up the field on his own. But, yeah, France is probably a better crosser of the ball for sure. So maybe. I mean, I don't know. It just, uh, it still speaks to me that we have a hole at left back there. I mean. If you have if you have two left backs, do you really have any left backs? <laughs> you know. Let's see if Christian Roldan could be left back. Christian Roldan could play left back. He could be pretty good at that. If we were to get a uh, Brad Smith, would that be a sufficient plug to the hole? No, nothing about the guy, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> he's worth about one five one point five million euro on transfer market right now. That's the estimate. Um, so yeah, salary is usually what about half that. Um, so that's where I got my three quarter million figure. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Transfer window closes on Wednesday. It's Monday now as we're recording. Uh, transfer window will be closing as uh, you get this podcast. So hopefully we'll have some updates for you after we talk with Nico tomorrow on Tuesday the 7th. So other than that, uh, we don't know what to tell you, kids. It's it's where we are. So uh, second half begins and it's a little bit more of the same. You know, we're, we're, we're trying shit and it doesn't seem to be working, then, well, then we have a uh, a VAR handball that turns out to be not really a handball. Um, a, a ball to hand, whatever. The, uh, uh, the I don't remember which player. It was definitely ball to hand. Yeah. Player slides. His hand is below him, strikes the ball, ball goes out. And I don't know if that was uh, that was Kelvin. That was probably the one time Kelvin put one on frame. Yeah. Uh, that. Yeah, it was a, it would have been a great shot. It would yeah. have been a great goal. Um, Kelvin had a, a a hard time connecting other uh, other goals after that. Um, <laughs> There's one that kind of went wide right a little bit they later on, right, yeah. but um, and you know he had an off day, but uh, as far as finishing goes, but I mean, any reasonable, um, I think any any reasonable analysis of that play. Uh, that that arm isn't doing anything, anything weird. That arm is falling to the ground. That arm is behind the body, and it was just sheer yeah. chance that the that the ball actually struck the, the the struck this this player's trailing hand. So, um, so that was a no. That's that was tough. A no thing. Then, that's uh, tough. But I mean, I think it was a good application of the rules and a good use of VAR in that instance. VAR works. So uh, Minnesota makes a sub, and then in the 75th minute, our Seattle Sounders make a sub and bring in Will Bruin. Just Minnesota just does not know how to kill off a game. Holy oh, shit, yeah. dude. Well, they, oh, my gosh. They try, but it was just – and it was a weird game. There was plenty of time, plenty of times during the match that I think everybody on both teams were just waiting for the whistle to blow, and it never blew. So yeah. then whoever continued to play got the advantage. Uh, we had an offside call goal that – didn't count, and then uh, there was a, a second handball off of you know Torres is up there taking crosses and, and tries to head it on goal, and it ends up being a handball, but it doesn't get called, and the play goes on, and that's that's a good thing. If you let the let the play go, then you can go to VR later. Mm-hmm. But what this end up ends up being a breakaway, like a three on one, well three on two. Francis holds on to Cantero for a hot minute, but doesn't get a call. Um, you know he's trying to foul him to slow play down, but it doesn't doesn't work. Yeah, so three on one, Ozzy's Ozzy's chasing down the uh, uh, the attacker with the ball and takes kind of, a, in my opinion, takes a really funky angle. I thought as a defender, he probably should have tried to take away the backdoor tap in and let the the attacking shoot on the near post, but he ends up 
meeting Fry and the attacker at the same post. I don't know the attacker's name, but he floats at far post uh, on the ground. First touch slows it down. Darwin Quintero thinks he's got a, a just a world-class simple tap-in, but uh, our Stefan Fry d- denies him. Dude. Save of the year that's it's never going to count. Never going to count, right. Uh, and so, uh, Kevin, you had some thoughts about um, either Kevin or uh, actually Tim. You had some thoughts about Ozzy's performance in that particular play. Well, yeah, we t- I, I thought I thought I mean, Ozzy's better than I am, but I thought that he should have just let the keeper take the shot and then defend the the simple backdoor tap and or. Yeah. Like Kevin was saying, just race to the back post and, and just be an extra keeper. Mm-hmm. I, it, Luis Suarez it. So even if even if Alonzo may have missed that mark, um, Fry's presence in that in that in that play was absolutely phenomenal. The the most keepers would have planted as soon as the ball hit the first player and may not have seen that backdoor opportunity. Fry doesn't even hesitate. He sees the player and he keeps running for the for at this point the far post and um and 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 make sure that he's closing that down and closing down that opportunity and and I think in my mind that's what Ozzy's doing I think Ozzy is protecting the center of the goal as opposed to the near post um and 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 tracking in that direction yeah it was just crisis management uh, really at the at the end yeah. of the day I think that's true yeah. as as a goalkeeper you're assessing threats all the way I mean this is this is 10 seconds of yep. sprinting down oh yeah the 50 so you're you see three you see three people and it probably why he didn't plant is because you know he's got a defender closing in there's a good chance that he's either going to yep. shoot which you'll know if he looks down and, and tries to plant and to shoot then fine you, you'll react to that you can get set but his other options are two you know, one in the middle, one of the far for yeah. a, a higher percentage shot. So that's why I think as soon as that ball moved, he immediately just shuffled yeah. and then laid out to cover space. And Darwin Cotero just took a half second. He did the same thing in Colorado. Like, you guys haven't learned just to put your chances away. One no, of the things that's gaming. really amazing about this team right now, and it's a little bit undersung, is we have one of the best defenses in the league. New who notwithstanding or new who, you know, when we have our in guys, combination. When we have our guys, we do. We are sitting on a very for for where we are in the standings, or at least where we were in the standings a few uh, a few weeks ago. We were sitting on a very 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 low goals against. I think it's um, at one or just barely above one yeah. right now. And and that's goal differential. Goal, we're at minus goals one. against average. And we're at minus one right now. So, goal differential. Yeah. Minus one. And um, so that's not great, but it's also not devastating. That really indicates that there's a a, a big difference between the uh, between the attack and the defense on this team. After all of that, uh, that thing wouldn't have counted. He went to VAR as soon as the play died and reviewed the uh, reviewed the handball. And was it Calvo Francisco Calvo? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Name. Uh, he defended with his arms straight up in the air like, hey, I got a question. I got a question. Dumb and, shittery. And that was a PK. <laughs> it took very, very few seconds off of uh, 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 Drew Fisher's watch to actually. Yeah, yeah, it's a handball. OK. And they pointed at the handball. I feel bad for everyone in the stadium that has no idea what's going on. Because they right left now. in 90 second minute. Well, and yeah. also just just like, you know, they don't understand the VAR rules and, and you know, God forbid they actually put that goal away. And they would have to take it off the board, and mm-hmm. then, oh, not only that, but give us a PK and a chance. Which uh, Ladero dispatched everybody soaking wet. Every every close up, like the the shirts are skin tight. Oh yeah, everybody's just it's moist. Like monsoon, but it's it's just the humidity. Yep, yep. And, and uh, Minneapolis so- is not a great place 
in full the stop. summer. Full stop. It's, <laughs> full stop. My wife spent some time in Minneapolis over the summer for a uh, for a conference, and it was balls hot hmm. when it wasn't raining. Moist. Yep. So uh, Ladero <laughs> puts his puts his his goal away low right his PK. And he has his shirt off before the ball hits the net. <laughs> yeah, and he looked confident. Well, he, he caught really a yellow confident. for that, right? I I assume. I didn't see the the graphic, but I assumed he got a yellow for taking his shirt off. Cute. And this is the 90th minute, and somebody throws a beer at him and has since apologized. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Dispatches the penalty. Fantastic. 91st minute, everybody's also looking at their watch. This thing's got to be over. It's got to be over. And then there's, what, five, six minutes of stoppage time? Holy crap. Where'd that come from? Uh-huh. And the famous Brian Schmetzer air kick. Dude. So, he was just like, yeah, just chip it. Just chip every, it. You could see what was going on in his brain. People are farting around with the ball, expecting the whistle to blow at any time. And then uh, I think Ozzy wins the ball, gives it to gives it to uh, Leardom. And then you can almost hear somebody say, just kick it. Just kick it. <laughs> and, 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 and sure enough, Leardom, Leardom launches a ball to, uh, uh, to the – basically far post outside the 18 like 20 25 yards out and if you watch the replay over and over you see bruin bruin's just like i know he's gonna get it i'm gonna be advantageous and just split the defenders and i'm gonna get it he 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 gets it and then chips the keeper with it and bobby bobby what's the score we are up two <laughs> one 96th minute holy crap uh, and, and the then, game stretches another minute and a half, almost two minutes. Time, yeah, there's still more time on the clock. And they had, you know, uh, uh, Minnesota had at least one or two more chances after that. Mm-hmm. But I think you want to talk about Kramer goals. That was it. That yep. was like everyone's clock watching. Everyone's exhausted. Everyone needs some salt tablets and they're sweating oh, yeah. like buckets. And, and and I mean, that's the only explanation, right, for somebody letting Bruin. Uh, I mean, he's somewhat fresh, but somebody letting Bruin sneak by. Um, is that they just did not see him coming. They were playing a back three, and one defender was challenging, excuse me, Rui Diaz for the for the header, and then the other defender had essentially Torres, but no one watched, you know, the guy that was supposed to look for Bruin, if you watch the replay again, never looks over his shoulder to find him. Right. And I don't know if he thought that header was going to get to the keeper because he didn't know where Bruin was, but that number yeah. 14, whoever number Calm. 14 is. Kalman, Kalman. His body he's, angle is just off completely. He he's, never looks. Yeah, he's totally cut off half the field with his body angle. He's just staring straight at, um, I think it's Boxall, who doesn't really go with Rui Diaz. Like, he kind of goes halfway. So the right back, Boxall, kind of goes halfway. Rui Diaz wins the ball. Um, Coleman doesn't drop, like, doesn't drop into cover, turns his back on half the field so he can't see Will Bruin and and Torres up there as well. I mean, they were really three for three on a long ball in the last couple minutes of the game. It, it just, it's criminal defending from Minnesota and criminal defending from Coleman. Like, I, I just don't get how you, in the last minute of the game, lose focus and just screw that up so badly. Like, that's a clip that I would want to show to a youth team, like at U14 or U15 level, to be like, this is how you don't defend. Like, I would expect uh, high school age kids to defend better than that and smarter than that. Like, he's just got to drop and open himself up to the whole field so he can see um, anybody trying to run behind him. Just keep the play in front of you at that point. Yeah, or, or, or worst case scenario, when the header's coming down, 
if you know where Bruin is, you can just get in his way and make him have to get around you. Yeah. If you can't, I mean, if the ball's traveling fast enough, then you let the keeper come and pick it up. Sure. If the ball's traveling slow, then you put yourself between you and the attacker and you can fish it. You know. Yeah. I think he thinks the ball's going to run to the keeper because his body angle's so bad that he doesn't see Bruin. But he, do, he doesn't drop into cover. He doesn't find a man to mark up. He, he just doesn't do anything. The, their back line just absolutely went to sleep. Thanks for that the snack, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, keeper comes out. I don't know what else the keeper's going to do. Like, he's got to come out. I, Bruin really? finishes nicely. Neat. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. If he just sits on his line, Bruin's just going to dribble in. There's Either no way. defender Either chasing way. him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got to come out and try to cut off the angle. It made for a... That wasn't it was the easiest an to play. No, no, I think oh, yeah. his best that's chance true. was to get it before it, before he had yeah. the chance to settle it, and yeah. and that was the one play he could Bruin could have done at that point is just, just to chip him. And Bobby Shuttleworth finish. is not a terrible goalkeeper. Yeah. I mean, like, as much shit as we give him, he's yeah. not a bad goalkeeper. We no. own him, but yeah, as with bad a capital as, P. Yeah, as bad as the defending was. Credit to Rui Diaz; he knows exactly what he's doing with that ball. And credit to Bruin; he runs off it perfectly timed. Great finish. Yeah. Sounders absolutely won that game, and I think Minnesota lost it. They just, yep, they just crapped the bat. At and the and there. we are now, I mean, we are now Minnesota's white whale. Um, we're four meetings cool. uh, in the history of their club, and they've uh, shit the bed in all four. Mm-hmm. Last two meetings, I think there was a penalty at the at 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 here in uh, <laughs> in CenturyLink in the last minute of the game that we Dempsey dispatched, and and we won the game at mm-hmm. the last minute penalty. Yep. Yep. And yeah, uh, we we win at the death with these guys. Late breaking news. Oh. So Minnesota sold Christian Ramirez to LAFC oh, for eight hundred thousand okay. to a million dollars right. in allocation money. All right. And that's a lot of money. He's a good goal scorer. He's he's not a bad player. God. Kevin. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. We're really happy that you came on the show for the first segment. Thanks. Um, it's getting a little bit late. I know you got to get your get your soccer star home. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty soon we're going to meet with Nico Moreno, El Rolo Noroeste, uh, on the Twitters, El Rolo NW. Uh, we're really excited about that. But meanwhile, uh, before we talk to him about transfer rumors, I want to know if you had any parting shots about the loss of Hurtado to a Turkish club uh, about any other roster moves that might be coming, whether you think Kellen Rowe is worth chasing. Yes. And yes. Yeah. Yes. Especially since Hurtado fell through. Okay. Yep. I would like to see just because um, our best lineup right now has Ozzy starting. Ozzy Alonso starting. That makes okay. me a little nervous. Um, what rolled, does that have to do with dance. Kellen Rowe? It well, means our defenders I'll, have to defend I'll tell you. better. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you. Well, uh, it means. <laughs> That right now, Roll Dan's in that front line gotcha. of midfielders, and I'd like to see Kellen Rowe up in that front you, line. Okay, then gotcha. you drop Roll Dan back. Beautiful. They've got some cover at defensive center mid for um, if Ozzy gets hurt or if Svensson tires out after the World Cup. Um, anything, you know, any fatigue there? We've just got a little more cover. I do think they need one more player. They I there think was the a, need to add one there more was a little bit of commentary today on Kellen Rowe and saying, "Hey, you know what? Do we really need yet another center attacking midfielder that's pretty good on a right wing? Put him on um, the right wing." And and well, there's that. That's um, what Ladero does. I, I would keep Ladero hey, central. Oh. I'd keep Ladero in, in that number ten role. You want to keep, keep Ladero central. in the number ten? You really yeah. you really like it, uh, Christian Roldan at the number nine. Um, I would just I would drop him back a line. I think yeah. you're just a lot safer, a lot stronger if he's next to Svensson and you actually have an out and out attacker 
um, in that line with Ladero. I'm sorry. I Rudy said number Diaz. nine. I meant number six. I meant yeah. flipped it. Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I think Kellen Rowe would be an upgrade. Okay. Yeah, I think you need a, a winger. Well, I, I would say it'd be nice to have one more. Okay. Yeah. Just because right. injuries, depth. Right now, Ozzy makes me a little nervous as a starter. I like He's that a great extra, player. I still I like, like that extra better. touch of yeah. of bringing bringing Roldan back. Yeah, um, put him next to I like Svensson, it. and I, like and I it. think that's an incredibly incredibly hard team to score against. Does that um, does that uh, facilitate more of a four four two instead of a four two three one? Or you nope. like the four two three one? Still a four two three one. Okay, no formation changes. Get your left back. Get get. Uh, all right. Um, Evans from Bournemouth. Brad Evans. Cause, yep, because there's a hole there. <laughs> Brad, Brad, Brad Evans. Brad Smith. Bring it back. Um, <laughs> We're going to try you at left back now. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I think if you do bring in a, a Fuck it. one more player, then it's it's an attacker. Okay. There you go. Right on, brother. That's all I got for you. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you are listening to the Flounders B-Team Podcast. We'll be right back with Nico Moreno. up in this piece where are we well tim that's a great question well, <laughs> hey guys welcome back to from the, our break yeah to the flounders b team podcast uh took an extended break we are now recording on august 7th 2018 one day before the closure of the transfer window for the seattle sounders and actually all of mls and uh unfortunately it turns out that we did not secure um uh, uh, John Kennedy Hurtado. Wait, no. Paolo Hurtado. <laughs> <laughs> Paolo. Paolo Hurtado. Paolo. Paolo. Um, we did not secure uh, a new uh, winger, striker. What was his? Uh, Hurtado was uh, was a midfielder. Uh, yes. And more of a winger role, right? That was kind of the, the hope. Right. That on was the left hand side. And so, do you, do you have any insight as to as to what happened there? Other than, I mean, Turkey kind of swooping in and make. Oh, sorry, uh, we have the we have the pleasure of the presence of our friend uh, and uh, probably the South Sound's best soccer analyst, if not the region's. Um, What's your name again? <laughs> Nico uh, Moreno. Paulo Hurtado. Paulo Hurtado. <laughs> Nico Moreno. How you doing, man? Uh, no, I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to be uh, with you guys. And uh, this great podcast is one of my favorite guys because you guys just have the style and the vibe that uh, I dig and, and just happy to be here. Uh, not happy because of the way uh, <laughs> maybe the transfer window has come around uh, beyond Raul Rodriguez. I've uh, been working really hard and getting very little. Uh, so yeah, yeah, j- just just happy. Uh, although you know it was fun to uh, kind of track down the Paulo Hurtado situation and uh, kind of bring out when he was in town and uh, having some help from fans, which is fantastic right. here in oh, in Seattle. Just that anybody could just out. yeah, like, I love it. Hey, that looks like Garth. <laughs> Let's hey. take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> that, was the the other gentleman like who's that, that handsome Peruvian? 
Apollo, right? Yes. And then was the translator the one in between? No, that's that's uh, his uh, representative, Elio. That's, okay. There's one guy that that looks that he always wears a baseball cap. I don't like a Sounders baseball cap. I don't know who the is there an official? Oh yeah, it's my guy Gene. Gene. Uh, the older. So you got two. You got uh, uh, Augusto, and then you got Gene. Gene and is Gene the is one, the older one the with one the hat. He always wears a cap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good, good guy. L- l- love uh, Gene. That's my guy. Yeah, man. Um, so we're here at Casey's Grill and Sports Bar on 104th Avenue Southeast in Kent, Washington. Okay. Uh, Casey's is a great place to get. Uh, they have something called a uh, uh, platter of fun, which is um, well, it's it's fried fried bar food, which is great. Tons of mozzarella sticks, good stuff. It's it's coming up here pretty soon. Also, it's Taco Tuesday here hey. on August seventh. Hey, you gotta love Taco Tuesday. Two dollar hard tacos, three dollar soft tacos. That's right. Every Tuesday, come on down. Casey's is on hundred uh, fourth, in between uh, Fred Meyer and uh, Big Five. Yeah, yeah, no, right. it's, a, it's a good place. Uh, Monday, three dollars fireballs. Ooh. Oh, fireballs! So back to transfer window. Well, yeah, here we are. I mean, <laughs> is that it? Is that our show? So we're looking at we're looking at a couple of of or at least one other option. We're looking at Brad Smith out of Burnmouth uh, in the English Premier League. Is that fizzling or is that uh, something that that's still be? This won't come out until after the window closes. So, um, yeah, I mean, you might be safe saying things. No, I and uh, I honestly, I, I won't. I'll never lie about information oh, sure. I don't have. It's just I, I believe that he fits the bill to what I can tell you guys the team is looking for. Yeah. Uh, therefore, I think he's a credible option. Uh, Chris has contacts in the EPL. Um, sure. And, and I think that definitely he's a guy that could potentially come. Chris uh, Henderson? He's a quality guy. Yes, Chris Henderson. Okay. Um, so it, it could be that. Um since this is going to come out after, I mean, I'm sure that a couple of days before you guys heard uh, what transpired with uh, Dagadillo, he was a winger from Vélez that was rumored uh, to be linked with Seattle uh-huh. with a potential one-year uh, loan. I uh, contacted a couple of uh, sources in Argentina. One of them told me, yes, it's happening. It's definitely a loan. There's been calls made. So I go ahead and uh, reported that alone. And then, uh, of course, I was able to get in contact with uh, the president of uh, Velasarfield in Argentina. And uh, he basically told me that there was, not, there was nothing in the books. There was no negotiations with the Saito Sounders. And that there was actually no negotiations with any team because they had closed the book on transfers. The team and the roster they had is what they were going to use to go through the season in Argentina. So there were going to be no more transfers. So that totally shut down any rumor that had to do with this winger, 20-year-old player that's very good. There was a point when he was 18 years old that he even caught the attention of Cristiano Ronaldo's representative because he was so good. Oh, Uh, interesting. But... It is it is what it is. I feel like the team after Hurtado uh, look for other options, but just hasn't been able to find the right person. Yeah, no, I we were talking uh, we were talking before we got the mics hot. It's like the team with a couple people coming back healthy, they look good. I mean, we're on, we're on a hell of a streak right now. And, yeah, yeah. You know, granted, we're playing some of the you know 
some of the disorganized rubble at the bottom of the table, but we're actually getting points. And, you know, we've got Dallas this weekend, and I, I actually think we can get some get another win. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough match, obviously. It will be. But um, having <clears> – so there's been a lot of uh, a lot of chatter about uh, Nuhu and his fitness in a left-back role, and, of course, we're still looking for somebody that's a, that's a, that's a good winger. Um, so not getting a player like Hurtado – does that have implications in your mind, Nico? To uh, what formations we're going to be playing uh, going forward? Are we going to, I mean, consistently be doing this four-two-three-one with a four-four-two shift uh, when we sub Bruin in for second half attacking? Or, it, I mean, is that a pattern that we're going to continue to see going forward? Or, or what are the implications of, of not getting uh, a signing here? And are we are we going to get a signing here? That's a great question overall because you touched so many points. Uh, for one, I think the fact that Hurtado's not coming right away, the only implication that we'll have, in my opinion, is that we will not see a big signing here in this transfer window. Uh-huh. You might be able to get a domestic player, uh, maybe something uh, in regards to a loan, perhaps. But I, I don't have any information right now of all the channels that I've hit, all the sources that I've looked for. There's just nothing sure. that I have being able to acquire that tells me there's going to be a big signing. So I think that the club will potentially maybe look for Hurtado in the future, just like they did with their lease, Gonzalez, for a little bit. They kept him as an option. Sure. I think that the same thing goes with Hurtado. I really do think that although he ends up going to the Turkish League, I can tell you guys here in in uh, the Flounder B podcast that I'm a good friend of Fabian Castillo's. Uh, he went to the uh, Turkish League. He was not very happy down there. Okay. Now he's in Mexico, so I, I don't really see Hurtado getting used to the style of life, the just the league in general. So maybe there's potential that he could eventually come back and look back at the MLS and say, hey, maybe I should have taken it. So uh, the uh, the Turkish season runs about the same as EPL, so they're just getting ready to get started, right? Yes. Okay. Um, is uh, my question is, is he on? You think he is on a loan to the Turkish club, or do you think that he has signed on for a year or two? Oh, this is like one point eight million pound transfer fee. I think they're, he's on for the long haul at least. Okay. I mean, yes, at least but, a year. But I think there could be a clause on that contract okay. to MLS, and, and this is something that I'm trying to figure out yet but I kind of heard from a source that it could potentially be a clause about him maybe moving back to the MLS maybe there could be a potential move on a loan from this Turkish team to the MLS that they can maybe pay part of his salary all I know is that maybe oh maybe there's a potential it's, that it's that Otaro so could could be here in the future so you think oh so it's possible that we've got kind of a three-way deal going in between these these clubs here. I mean, I mean, where, maybe where it's just kind of something that I've kind of put together. There's okay. no hardcore no, uh, information from anybody. It's people th- I'm people kinda, keep things close. Yeah, yeah, you know, after doing the transfer window for so long, you kind of start getting into some of the effects of, of the way certain negotiations go about. And and once again, I, I go by. The fact that I have had South American players who've gone to the Turkish league that just have not been able to get acclimated to that league. So there's always potential that if he doesn't like it, he could try to go and look elsewhere. Yeah. 
Well, uh, I mean, if he's performing okay, is Turkey gonna? Is the? Uh, I'm sorry. The the name of the team was uh, no uh, Galaspor, Galaspor, Spora Gala, Galaspora, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely not a not a high end team, but but by any means. Uh, well, yeah, and uh, uh, Aaron Campo. I mean, he did the. He did a little bit of analysis there, and he said this is the most that that team has play- paid for a player ever. Right. So, it, I mean, it's, it's, uh, Kyan Sport is not necessarily Sport, yep. a a top team uh, like maybe uh, Galatasaray or, right. or some of those teams that you, you see them constantly uh, in uh, Champions League or in UEFA League. Uh, I believe this team has been in UEFA League at some point, but definitely not a top team. So I, I, I don't really see... Hurtado getting used to the vibe and, and the overall play there, but but we'll see we'll see what it is. All I know is that as of right now, we have you know I'm looking at my list. The people that are left don't really fit the timing of just maybe getting a Plan B option at this point, whether it's salary based or sure. just time wise. Because it gets complicated with certain clubs. So is the um, is the Turkish is the Turkish system kind of like MLS, where there's a, a heavy representation of uh, of 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 native players, Turkish players. Uh, they're supplemented by high price international players and uh, uh, allocation system, kind of like we've got, uh, where they're where they're managing. Uh, where they're managing what, where the league is managing what teams can and can't do to to purchase. I really don't know that. I, I do know that there's a lot of internationals there, so I don't think that there are restrictions the way okay. they are here in in the MLS. So it's more like a classic. Yeah, UEFA, I don't think there's any uh, league European around the world that has any club. type of cap and, and you know manage the way we do. The way China. we do. <laughs> China. Uh, <laughs> so so I I don't really know that for a fact. But I do know that they carry a lot of South American players that have gone and come and gone. So, um, so there's a possibility that Hurtado could come back if he's not satisfied with what's going on. Um, so there are some other opportunities. You were talking a little bit today, and you referenced this a little bit earlier. Uh, Delgadio? Yes. Uh, yes, Delgadio uh, was just the player that was rumored uh from a reporter in Argentina, and uh, I just took it upon myself to just do some double checking. And as it is normal in the transfer window, yeah. I call my, my sources, or just have uh, relatives or, or uh, people close to a player or a representative. They tell you one thing, uh, but I was actually able to get in contact with just the president of Vélez. Uh, he was graceful enough to give me five minutes of his time, talk to him for a while, denied everything and just sounded very reasonable <laughs> about why he was not even thinking about transferring any player at this point in so time. So is there any possibility that um, that this that he's just keeping mum because he can't talk about transfer negotiations? No. Or I, I can read like, that. Fuck no. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I can definitely read it when it's when someone's giving me kinda like a thought kind of like stenciled right. you know there's a brick trying, wall trying to be template coy. yeah, yeah there's just, a story then there's exactly. a brick wall exactly no no, right, no. Right, he right. was being totally cool and and uh, we actually got to talking about Velas and you know it's a team that I watched when I was younger in Colombia sure sure and he was just letting me know no like you know what this is a roster we need a good roster to compete in this league and what we have is what we're going to compete with 
So he's not trying to drive the price up by saying, no, no, there's been no negotiations. and No, like, no. Come. Clint Dempsey? No, no Clint Dempsey. I haven't heard of the guy. Shh. <laughs> Clint. No, no, it was nothing uh, like okay. that. And he went even beyond saying, I don't really like loans, so I, I, the, I don't even think that, right, that, that right. I would loan a player. Speaking of Who Clint and speaking of loans, I think that is the hardest part about what we're working on now is we're obviously trying to bolster the roster for next season, but we got to we got to get rid of Clint Dempsey that's the problem I yeah. mean this this <laughs> arbitrage what's the Ar- arbitrage the art of the art of the deal yeah so bum bum speaking of Clint we we joked around and, and there's been some some sure. tweets that yeah. were resurfacing from from way back that said you know maybe maybe Kellen Rowe could be coming back and home. New England I mean New England just penned a deal uh, for uh, to get rid of uh, 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 to sell um, shit not Acosta um, Kellen Rowe no, I wish. I wish it was to Kellen Rowe to the Sounders. Juan Agudelo? I, I think yeah, it was Agudelo. Yes, it was Agudelo. Agudelo. Yep. And is he staying here in, in the uh, MLS or is he being... Yes, yeah, I, he, I heard he was staying in the MLS. Yeah, he went to... KC? Was yeah, it? it was Kansas City. Okay, yep. So that makes more sense. Yeah, Sporting KC. Um, so Agudelo to KC, which means... And, and they're linked to other you know possible negotiations with other players today. Um, as this transfer window closes and people are trying to settle the deals that they've been trying to trying to ink for the past couple of weeks, uh, New England's in a dealing mood and they're trying to set their roster to kind of uh, you know maybe finalize that playoff run for themselves. Is there a possibility that we could trade I don't know Clint Dempsey or a couple yeoman players that aren't necessarily performing like Alfaro or Dempsey. Clint Dempsey or that other guy Clint well, Dempsey? I mean Clint Dempsey's he's not a I mean he's yeah anyway so no no back to back but, to but I mean for Kellen Rowe or some other player is is it a possibility is Kellen Rowe still a possibility is that is that is that book closed? Or is that still in the works? And remember that this will come out after the window closes. I don't have it in my radar, but I like what Tim was saying off the record before we even started here today, uh-huh. which I want you to share that with listeners because I thought it was it was quite insightful uh, in some way. You know, it, it, there are times where sometimes you could put together an equation without necessarily knowing the factors, and, and it actually <laughs> comes in through. Yep, because, yep. I mean, it, it makes sense. What I mentioned was, you know, what if, you know, what if, this is it for Clint, and he wants, you know, maybe he knows, yeah. he sees the writing, like, hey, I'm not getting any playing time. I wouldn't mind finishing my career in New England. The place I started. The place I started. Yeah. And then, you For know, MLS anyway. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe it's the rest of the, the rest of the season loan, and he finds a team that, that he, he can, you know, maybe fit in back with, and we get Kellen Rowe, and I think we'll probably pay his salary, and, uh... Yeah, there you go. And and one thing that I notice is, I, I'm always I'm, I'm making stuff up as we go. But you know, conspiracy sure. theory, he did stay home with you know air quotes lower back pain, which he could have. Yeah, he no, may that's, not. Have. I think that's. Significant. I like that about your theory. I, but I think it's if, significant. If you if you look back at every single time that that uh, Jurgen Klinsmann wanted to call Clint yeah. into national team duty. He had some sort of like I don't know uh, a, a meaningless game, not not World Cup qualifiers. Right. He was Gold a gamer Cup. for those, but stuff that you know I'm gonna call Clint up like oh, I got this thing, and then then he still finds a way to play for the Sounders like a week and a half later. Yep, yep. So I, I'm just saying eh, he did bench him. You know he stayed home. Maybe it, a lot of times when when players are gonna be moved or shopped, 
they they wrap them in bubble wrap and, yeah. and keep them home so they don't slip and fall. And right. You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to screw the deal up. So. But is I mean is Kellen Rowe actually on the table? Do you think uh, there seemed to be some analysis this week saying that he's on the market for sure? I think he's a guy that, although I don't know for certain, would be in Chris and even Garth's list. I mean, he's a player that that, that basically fits the bill. So play, he, he's a winger. Could play winger. He could play central. Yeah. He does play winger. He uh, maybe he's not as elusive and, and as nifty as as a lot of people would like, but I think he could play the role. He's a domestic player, which wouldn't take away an international, international spot. spot. Boom. So it, it, it works well. It fits, and we know that Garth has the ability to look at players like Will Bruin, bring him in as a domestic player and then make him shine. Harry Ship out of Chicago, bring him in and make him work. So. I think it's there's potential there. I, I like his attributes, and I think he would fit in one way or another. Uh, but it's still to be seen. Uh, Garth has been put on record about how hard it is to deal with the revolution in New England yeah. yep. in regards to transfers. So now, we'll that, see. That could have been pre-Brad Friedel revolution. And, you know, right. bring Kellen Rowe home. You know, he's a local guy. I think he went to school at Rainier Beach with Roldan. Uh, I thought he joke. went to Federalway High School. Fucking joke. Yeah. <laughs> God damn you guys. <laughs> I've been working on that he, for a few minutes. He's local, but I don't really remember where he <laughs> federal, right, he's it's, federal it's, way. it's over. It's a yeah. joke. Ladies and gentlemen at home that are laughing, oh. please, <laughs> thank you for the sympathy <laughs> laugh. You guys suck. <laughs> 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 anyway, so he's, a, he's a local guy. Um, and I don't know. I, like I said, I'm just making this stuff up. So, And it's never come up on anybody's radar, so I'm, I'm sure I'm way off. But timestamp, uh, Tuesday night. I said it. <laughs> so, hey, it, make sure you could, get that tan. I mean, that is important. <laughs> well, what kind of a salary is Kellen Rowe on right now? I mean, I thought he was about eighty-five thousand. That's not true. I'm really not sure. Uh, I'm guessing. I really don't know. I, I know transfer market has him at around eight hundred thousand. That's value. Uh, yeah, sure. That's value. Yeah. I, I don't really know the salary base. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but well, I, I think it could work. I mean, I think I think it could be something that. They could be looking at. Uh, I don't know how it could get done so quickly, but we'll see. It may be something that they had as a plan B. If Hurtado didn't work, I know for a fact that the Sounders had a lot of chips placed on that bet. I think that they really wanted what he brought to the table, uh, kind of the familiarity with uh, Raul Ruiz and the other Latin players, um, and it just didn't work out. And that's okay, but and that's okay. That's okay, because I mean, honestly, I uh, I know that uh, uh, Garth Lagerway is the type of GM that if there was a point uh, of money that was going to hurt the team eventually, then he just step away. And I think that's what it could happen at this point. Um, if he was asking for too much, if the club was asking for too much, just we were not willing to go that far. Yeah. So uh, Google. Google says that Kellen Rowe's looking at about two hundred fifty grand right okay. now. Okay, so he's well within. He's that's under the his DP. salary right now. He right. signed for eighty five uh, when he when he ended up going. Uh, his first contract right. with with Eight, them six years ago or was eighty so. yeah it was eighty five grand, and I think that's uh, I was looking at some outdated information when I got that number. That's fine. Um, so I, I I'll put this to bed. That was just an idea I had, and they're like oh well you know. I, it was shocking to not see Dempsey on the 18, and then come to find out later that like, oh, he didn't even make the trip. I'm like, okay, that's weird. But yeah, 
Yeah, so whatever. I, I, and, and moving on, two things. One, I really respect and have a lot of sympathy for what Clint Dempsey has done, uh, how great he's been since he's been here, what his uh, whole career has been. I, in to me, to Nico Moreno, he's the best American player to ever play the game. Uh, beyond Donovan, uh, I think he's been that good. Um, and I just I, I wish that you know from here on out he could just go ahead and finish off his career and, and be done with it. I know that he doesn't fit in this team anymore or at this point in time uh, because I eventually think that this team will change to a four four two, not just because of the Will Bruin factor because I feel like he deserves and he's shown that he, that he should be out there on the pitch. Bruin has uh, yeah. With, uh, with Raul Rodriguez, because he opens up so much space for Raul, gives him channels to get through, occupies the, the uh, central defenders, and it just I think it looks better when and he's out there. But because I think in the future, this team has not given up on uh, Jordan Morris, and they're thinking once Jordan Morris gets better, once he's back next year, we want Raul and Jordan up top, and that's going to be our go-to. So Ooh. I do think that it's going to be a four-for-two in the future. So I mean, the the that last that last goal against Minnesota United last week uh, last weekend was was really illustrative of this, and 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 why it's important to have quality players up top or in the midfield that can make quality runs people what? that can play with each other yeah yeah absolutely when when it's sad when you see you know will up there and, by himself and like oh we're sending the, we're spraying the balls up there but yeah. he can't he can't he can't take on two or three guys and right goal and and you have quality players that are splitting those defenders and minnesota just had a hard time tracking anybody uh towards the end of that second half and right. especially seven minutes into stoppage time um, it, they were gassed. They, yep. You could see it on them. They, they like, oh, we're going to fucking lose. They knew they were going to lose this game. They knew they were going to lose this game as soon as that, that penalty hit. Everybody knew they were going to lose that They're game. They're trying to stall in the first half. Yeah. They're trying to kill the game oh, off yeah. in the first half. Oh, yeah. And that's hard to maintain. Uh, but uh, that's, I mean, that's the additional, that's the additional, the additional edge that having a player like Ruiz Diaz brings you is, is he draws cover. Um, not only is he scoring quality goals, not only is he getting into space and becoming an amazing target, not only is he two to three steps ahead of any defender at any time, not only can he break and be three steps away from a defender at a moment's notice, but he's also drawn those defenders away. So, I mean, that's, uh, to your point earlier, Nico, I, I think that's a, it's, it just indicates that we're in a really, really great space offensively right now that we were not, uh, that we were not in a few weeks ago. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and I really do believe that this team has caught some momentum. I think that they're onto something, uh, whether it's a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-2, I feel like the pieces are there. Uh, Nicolas Lodero has found his confidence uh, has been a player that can put things together. I still think that Osvaldo Alonso is key in the midfield. Yes. He gives you a different attitude. He fights every ball, goes to, after every single player, can cover ground, can push ahead when he has to. I think that Osvaldo Alonso, although a lot of people are saying that he's beyond his time, his legs are done, nah, man. I think that Osvaldo is the person that is going to take this team above and beyond when it comes to that midfield play, He's, whether it's next to Christian or Gustav. I think 
Osvaldo should be there. He's so Sounders FC next assistant coach. Once uh, <laughs> once Pineda takes over for uh, for Schmetz, our boy Ozzy's going to be the Secretary of Defense. <laughs> I would love Ooh. that. I would absolutely love that. Uh, Kevin uh, earlier uh, earlier in the show was was talking about Ozzy Alonso, and um, there's a kind of a narrative, like you said, Nico, that that this might be Ozzy's last year. He might stick around for another another couple of years, but he's he's headed towards the end of his career. And what uh, a player like Kellen Rowe gives us is the flexibility to drop Christian into that defensive role where he has been so effective. Right. Um, and uh, uh, whether it's next to Svensson or whether it's next to Ozzy, um, giving him a, a, a more permanent uh, a permanent place at that number six right. uh, in Ozzy's place. Um, and, I mean, do you think that Christian Roldan is the heir apparent to Ozzy Alonso? Uh, what does that look like for you going forward? I think so. I, I just I don't know how long you're going to be able to keep Christian here. I think that he has the aspirations to go play for the national sure. team. He has aspirations. He's young enough to maybe move on to other leagues. Uh, but, but yes, I think he, he would be that guy. I have been one of the few people that ever since Siggy Smith was here and he wouldn't give Christian a chance on the field, I would say that is going to be your next role then. And I've said it before because he has that motor, he has the ability to cover space, and he has a box-to-box mentality that maybe Ozzy is a little more defensive, but Christian can do some Ozzy-ish things. Well, he he is tenacious, and he he'll he'll stick his hand into that yeah, saw blade absolutely. like anybody. <laughs> no, Christian is great. I love, I love watching Christian. And one thing, it's funny. The last couple of games, I've seen Ozzy just you know. Shake one, shake one defender, and then it looks like he goes on like a 15-yard run with the ball. Like, oh, he's gonna go coast to coast, and then he delivers it, you know, perfectly to somebody else. But it's, I love watching him just break stride and then just start running with the ball, you know, because he he shook off one defender. Now, Christian, I don't see so much. I don't see him run with the ball all that often. He has from time to time, but I, Ozzy. Ozzy is is like a black hole. He just doesn't lose the ball. Yeah, that's why his his passing accuracy is is like he gets himself out of danger. And if he can pass that on to anybody else, I I hope it's Christian. If we're maybe maybe the fact that uh, the USA did not qualify for the World Cup means that we get to keep a couple of our uh, uh, our local Nats here. You know, maybe Roldan has a good showing. Maybe Stefan Fry has a good showing. Maybe. Uh, Jordan Morris has a good showing, and then they they start calling from other leagues and other teams start calling for him. But since there was no showcase, then uh, we get him for another season uh, or two. I, I just I know that look, Ozzy's contract finishes in December. That is, I don't know if I've told you guys this, but December is when his contract is up. Whether he stays or whether he goes, when when he's when it's all done and over, people are gonna miss that heart. Yeah, people are. They don't call him El Corazón, El Corazón de no los Sanders. I mean, he he is the 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 beat of this he team. He is the heartbeat and, of the and, team. Yep. And people just, I find it hard for me sometimes. Things people say on Twitter about him because he's so important, has been so key, and I cannot say enough about a player that's willing to live it all out on the pitch and and just just sweat his blood and tears yep, for yep, this yeah, team yep. and that's and that's honestly that's why he is so so 
heartbroken and so dejected when when Garth kind of shops him a little bit here and there. Yeah. But if it, that doesn't motivate him to tear tear the league a new asshole. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, do you talk so, to Ozzy from time to time? Absolutely. Can you ask him why he, he blocked me on Twitter? Hey, I, I would love to. <laughs> like, who? He's like, Muffin Top. Mu- I just thought he had a stupid name. Wow. So we we do have some listener questions, oh, and they're yeah. very oh, they're very focused on a couple of things. One, speculative signings, um, uh, not just this transfer window, but going into 2019, and uh, uh, what is Clint Dempsey's role going into the future? So we need you, Nico Moreno, El Rolo Noroeste, on the Twitters to put on your scout hat, your manager hat, and tell us what you think of these questions. Are you ready? Ready. It's not lightning round or anything. You can put some thought into it. Okay, so, uh, constant listener, our friend, um, John Murphy, JM Murph on, JM underscore Murph on Twitter, asks uh, the following. Uh, it comes up every season, but there seems to be an actual chance to bring Roe home. I think we address this. So, not... We're not asking whether it's a possibility. We're asking whether a normative question, right? Should the FO consider bringing Kellen Rowe home or give it up in favor of holding on to funds uh, to sign someone else in the winter season? Uh, I don't think that. I think that you could potentially get a better signing for that. You're king of the world, baby. Price. Yeah, you think so? Uh, at that position, uh, I think uh, Kellen Rowe is a, is, a, is a good player, uh, but I feel like. With what you're spending on him, you could potentially go out there and get somebody else for that price. Who else is uh, Who else is shopping right now? If you were If you were in charge, if you're king for a day, who would you grab? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, for a free transfer, I've heard the name of uh, Fidel Martinez, uh, Ecuadorian, plays that side, uh, younger player, uh, Where's he nifty playing right with now? the ball. Uh, he, I, I, I'm not really sure. If, I think he's he's a free agent. At this okay, moment. all right. Uh, but uh, yeah, he'd be one of those players that Fidel I would Martinez. bring in. Um, from the top of my head, maybe, maybe. Uh, Can you get him on the phone tomorrow and have him call the <laughs> office? Yeah, sure. Why not? Lord, <laughs> what is the ideal Clint Dempsey replacement that can be signed in the off season? Does the FO wait until next summer to sign a DP replacing Dempsey, assuming Jordan Morris is ready to go at the start of 2019? Again, that's JM underscore Murph on Twitter. Huh. Uh, that, I think the Clint Dempsey replacement's already here. I think that. Nicolas Lodero is oh. potentially the Clint Dempsey replacement. I think that uh, when you are talking about a, a, a player who likes to play 10, uh, who does his favorite position, who can distribute, who can uh, manage the game uh, just as well as Dempsey did at one point, uh, I think that, that that would be your guy. Uh, I don't, I've never saw Dempsey as like, Maybe when o- when Obo was here, he was that secondary striker type. But uh, I feel like if you're looking for a tank, someone to distribute, hold the game up, I think that Nicolás Lero is that guy. And your next signing should be, you know, a winger, uh, maybe potentially a a, a five, a, a replacement for Aussie. Uh, Tim, I you know uh, I haven't uh, here. I haven't put you on the spot as far as this goes, but you've been talking about Nicholas Lodero's uh, performance pretty significantly over the past uh, few games. You see that he's off. You see that he's I, not necessarily just, connecting passes. I We've also pointed out that targets aren't there. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about that. Uh, no, I, I've been <laughs> I've been critical of Lodero lately. I just I don't know. It seems like every time there's a turnover, he is the one that did it. 
whether it's it's forcing a, a through ball that that just missed the target, or uh-huh. he tries to turn on a guy and then gets dispossessed. I don't know. I, I it could be perfect timing. Like every time I look up, he has the ball, and you know maybe when you have the ball that much, unfortunately you're gonna you're gonna be turning it over. Nicholas is is very clearly a highly talented player, and he's certainly of the caliber. You know, I, I think I agree with Nico. He's of the of the caliber caliber of Clint Dempsey. Would you would you agree with that? Or would you go against the the grain here? No, he's bloody awesome, and you're just trying to I, sort me out. No, me, I'm not. Call I'm me not. an asshole. It's like there's three people at a table. There are going to be five opinions. You guys are ganging up on me. That's right. Well, I bought you a drink, so no, call and, me no, shit. No, no, no. And, and honestly, when we're watching the game, I'm like, fuck, Nico. Fuck, Nico. Fuck, Nico. Because you know he's better than that. Yeah, well, and yes, yes. Yeah. And everybody, you know, could have been the heat, could have been the humidity. Everybody was dripping. Dude, like the, the VAR, 15 minutes in, I'm the, just the ref is dripping at the clear oh, box. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> that thing is wrapped in plastic on purpose. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's going to rain on it. <laughs> it's like but, the sneeze guard at the salad bar. Yeah. The, uh, it just looked it just looked like there was a lot of turnovers and maybe just trying to force balls to into traffic where there were other options that's all right no and I really get that it's just that I I think that he's someone who could grow into that 10 position in which he because there are times that he is a high percentage passer yeah. uh, specifically in the final third so that being said if you have other options in the wings then you can you know, give him that ability to do so, and he's a guy that could play kind of like a mixed role on a four-four-two, and maybe he just gets a little bit higher from time to time, but can come back and play some defense because he's played right next to uh, Svensson and Ozzy at one point. So, true, 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 so true. sure, so he, he can definitely do that. Okay, yeah, I think I think maybe simple that he's trying to do too much instead of sharing the the responsibility with with the rest of the team. And you know, sometimes you're just taking on. I guess what I'm trying to say is that Clint Dempsey, when you say replace Clint Dempsey, if you're talking about assists, then you know you're already getting guys who are uh, that could potentially do that with Nico. If you want goals, then Raul Ruiz will be that guy. Uh, I think that what you're looking for here in, in the upcoming transfer windows is people who can replace other aspects of the game, yeah. like Ozzy. You're going to need a replacement for Ozzy. Christian's a great. Uh, choice there but he needs somebody right next to him right Svensson is uh, over 30 Uh, we don't know how long he's going to be here so you need to find that next pair of center midfielders yeah Uh, we are we are um, there there does seem to be a narrative that Svensson's going to be around a long time but that doesn't necessarily hold up to any serious analysis given his age given his international profile given what he's done for Sweden given his age <laughs> i mean right. frankly and his and his tendency toward injury i sure. mean that uh, that comes with the age right um, so christian davila asks uh, de resolution uh, 551 on twitter do we still need a winger or does Rui diaz fit the bill eventually i think we're still looking for another winger uh, as much as i think harry ship has played well uh-huh. i would like to see someone else in that spot i think that to Nico Moreno, uh, in a four-four-two, the ideal formation would have Victor Rodriguez if he can stay healthy on the left, oh, Nico guy. on the right, Will Bruin and Redu- Raul Ridiaz up top, with Osvaldo Alonso and Christian Roldan in the middle. Um, it's like a four-four-two diamond. Kind of a, of? Okay. No, no, just four-four-two flat, okay. flat. 
because okay. uh, I, I don't know if we could do the diamond uh, formation. Um, I'm not a fan of it anyways. Uh, but but if you have a 4-4-2 flat, I think that you could give Christian the ability to push up a little bit higher. Okay. Uh, Osvaldo stays more central, more defensively. Still protecting the back Still line. protecting the back line. So it's, it's, it, it can't turn into a diamond, but it's not a diamond. You know what I mean? Uh, however... Uh, this is just talking about the present. If we're talking about the future, then you still need to go find that as a replacement. All right. Let's see what else we got. I think we got one more question. Uh, this is Matthew Johnson, uh, SEA Southern on Twitter. What positions does Nico think we most need to upgrade, and what does he think the FO thinks? Center, center defensive midfielder is what I think. Box-to-box guy. Um, oh, or maybe not box-to-box guy. Maybe just a center defensive midfielder that, that, that can really hold it down. Uh, once Gustav and Ozzy are gone, I think you need the replacement. People have asked me, Nico, if you could have another Peruvian, who would you have here? Joshi Otun uh, uh, from Orlando. That's the guy who I would have here. Uh, he is a, a center midfielder that could play defensive roles very well. Um, I would go find a guy similar to Joshi. So what do you think the future is at left back? It's a good question because I know that that's what the uh, FO is, is looking for at this moment in time. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is. Uh, Waylon Francis has... I, I like Waylon. He's a great person, a good friend. Uh, I think that our times is a little inconsistent. Uh, I think with... If, if I could guess, I think that they want to sell new at one point. I think they want to make a profit at. Uh, that's just me. Uh, I think he's a highlight reel, and he can at times be a uh, liability on defense, but he's very physical. He has every attribute to be a fantastic yeah. left back. He's still But young. I think that eventually they're going to transfer him out. You think so? So I think that they want to get a replacement out here okay. for him. Okay, right on. Um, do you think that there's a possibility that in this window, like tomorrow, uh, that there is a, uh, you think there's a possibility that there's a one for one transfer between Nuhu and another player? No. Okay. No, nope, no, but I think that they will have, they might bring another guy in. Uh, we got to think about Waylon uh, has just one year with the team, uh, 250000 I believe, is what he's making at this moment in time. And once that expires, because we picked up the contract from Columbus, once that is done, then I don't think Seattle will renew or, or try to look for him. Yeah, he isn't really impressed enough to want to keep him. Right. I think he does a lot of good things well. I think that he's the he gives you the better delivered ball in the final third. Uh, and we saw that, I think, in the last game and, and in several games he's been a part of. I think his delivery to the ball is better than news, but I don't know if it's enough to keep him here. Looking at the right-hand side of the field now, um, Kelvin Leardom obviously is in great form right now. He had several looks on goal against uh, Minnesota last week, four looks on goal. Uh, uh, Tim's gesturing at me. Um, and they all kind of shanked to the right, but, I mean, that's just the day, right? Sometimes you get unlucky. Um, he had good looks. He was in good position. He's a great defender, and he's a huge attacking option because of his speed, his agility, his uh, uh, ability to settle a ball. He's a pro. Um, 
the depth at right back, I think, has been concerning a lot of folks for a long time. Um, Jordan McCrary being the primary uh, the primary backup for that. I, you know, personally, I think Jordan McCrary looks lost on the field quite a bit. Um, he's he's definitely playing. He's he's punching above his weight, and he's he's doing his best for for the situation he's in. But it's it's a different game uh, between between that and S2. Do you think we have enough depth at right back, and do you think the the Sounders will be looking at uh, uh, shoring that up in the 2019? Well, that's a really good question, because as much as I do think that at times Jordan might be trying his very best and maybe being above his weight class, uh, I think that coaching staff likes him. I think that uh, Brian trusts him. I think the rest of the staff does. I feel like when he's on the field, he does well enough uh, on both sides of the ball, uh, whether he's coming back defensively or pushing up high. Uh, he's a high motor guy. I think they like him. I think okay. they're. they're I, I feel like they think they're solid at right back, and they're mainly concerned at left back. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, what other places would you shore up if you were king for a day? If I was king for a day, goalkeeper. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I think I think uh, Tony Dutra does a fantastic job at coaching yeah. our players. Uh, I think Stephen Fry is, is a hero. He should wear a cape every, every game day, because every he's game. fantastic. Uh, and I see Tony Dutra do wonders. Uh, we saw what he did with uh, Tyler Miller. Uh, we saw what he's doing right now with Brian Meredith. I think that we're solid at, at goalie. Uh, if I had to say beyond the uh, center defensive midfielder, I would just add another striker just to have somebody to come off uh, the bench and uh, or maybe somebody who can give you a different look than Will Bruin. As much as I love Will, I love Will. I, I, I call him my rooster, my gajo, because <laughs> from day one when he was here, I had his back. I said... He's going to take the job for Jordan Morris in this 4-2-3-1. I think he fits the bill better. I feel he can work with the goal behind his back better, and he's never let me down. From the time he's been here, I've voted. I've, I've put my hands on fire for Will, and he's always showing up to play. So I, I love what he does, but I would say maybe add another one because you're looking at your uh, depth there. You have Lamar Nagel. Not very confident on Lamar Nagel. Uh, you have Henry Wingo, who's been a prospect with a high ceiling, but has never shown up. Sadie uh, Adekoy is no longer here. You just don't have a lot of options there beyond Will and Raul. Pointing that out, yeah, if we do go to a 4-4-2, we're going to need uh, more than just one yes. extra, one backup. Absolutely. So, and I forgot about Nagel. Sorry, Nagel. I forgot about you. But in a 4-4-2, he, he is, is good at being the, you know, he – probably could have been the one that uh, that played the Will Bruin part and put that goal again. Somebody else wins the ball, does the dirty work, and then he just, you know, runs in and scores. Absolutely. That could have been him. So, yeah, I could see him, you know, I, I don't know how much longer he's got with the club, but I, I, I love the idea of, honestly, you know, when we were talking about uh, uh, Delgadillo, I watched this little video clip. I want... I want someone young and hungry that doesn't give a fuck. You know, we'll take anybody on. I, you know, honestly, now we're on this subject. I want a guy sure. that I want a guy that is really good at uh, just one-on-one dribbling and nutmegging people. 
<laughs> you know, for, for no Go other, to South America, baby. No, for, for no other reason than if you see this guy's end one tape or, you know, whoever it is, I'm making this up. If you see a guy constantly nutmegging. Now, what's is there, is there a, uh, like a, a, a slang or a Spanish word for that? That, that that move, you know. Gambeta. Gambeta. If if somebody has, you know, acres and acres of, of, of film on Gambeta. Just nutmegging dude. Anybody <laughs> that's trying and you know this, anybody that's gonna try to defend him one on one, they're gonna they're gonna be covering up, trying like just don't nutmeg me. Just don't just don't yeah. posterize me, please. <laughs> and then that takes away, you know, he's so worried about that, then A, he can get by him and B, he can look for other passes. Yeah, no, in, in Colombia we call the, the nutmeg, we call it cuca. Uh, but uh, in regards to what you're looking for, like the guy that can make moves that can be nifty, we call it gambetero. gambetero. He, he could make the, the gambeta is just the move. The gambit. Yeah, you know, yep. just being able to just fake somebody off his shoes. Yeah. And, and, yes, I would love to have somebody like him. Uh, that's why, uh, you know, the, 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 if I had all the money in the world, I'd bring a guy like uh, Quadrado to this team, you know, somebody mm. that just loves to shake and bake. And just take you on. Uh, uh, there's also a guy uh, that uh, plays in Brazil that's Colombian, uh, Berrio, who, who loves to just shake and bake and, you know, just break you with his speed. I want someone to go to goal. I want someone that wants to score as much as, as Mark, Joseph Martina does. Oh, man, he's, he's so good. And I think you'll get out of Raul Ridias what you get out of Josef. I don't think he could have the historic... MLS season yeah. that Jose has had because I don't think you'll ever see it ever again. Uh, but Raul is hungry like Joseph is. I don't know if he has the anger part, but he has the <laughs> hunger for more. Oh my god! Now, okay, in between uh, in between breaks when we were when we were snacking, uh, you were you were talking about your relationships with with uh, you know other other agents, other managers, other presidents, and and you were talking about conversations with. Uh, or, or about who Amiron. Like you were saying, you know, basically I confirming that the Sounders had discovery rights on oh, Amiron, yeah. but it was it was just like too much cash. He was gonna he was gonna demand a lot. And for a team like Atlanta that probably has a better budget and uh, more definitely more allocation. I think uh, franchise new franchises get uh, allotted more but you were trying to describe to me a team. Now, can you go through that lineup that, that we talked about where we had Nico and Amiron and Rui Diaz and who else? Uh, I mean, you could put, uh, you know, Victor up there and, and you know, Christian and, and Ozzy in the middle, but but it just that, that triangle would work just as good as it does in Atlanta with a guy like Amiron because he pushes so high and he's so fast that he becomes a second striker in two seconds uh, and, and there's nobody scarier in transition uh, and in a counter than Almiron so, so yeah I, I would love that I mean I love the Sounders I love what Chris Anderson's done but I know that they didn't have the money to sign both Nico and Almiron and, and, and I think Nico was a great asset but had you had the money to sign both you'd have an all-star team here uh, it, it, it'd, be, it'd be great do we I mean, we could probably, that would be our third DP if, if it wasn't for our uh, American hero. But I have to back up <laughs> off of this. I have to back off the table because my soccer boner was, was... Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Full. Yes. Uh, Steve in the bar is wearing... Uh, uh, he brought the mask. The of course. No, we have mask. to bring it. It has to be done. <laughs> I couldn't bring the, 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 the fry gloves. Window ends tomorrow. Yeah. 
other than what we've talked about, are you holding? Are you holding back? Are you holding, holding back, back? Nothing. I'm empty. I've uh, pulled everything I have. All my changes on top of the table. Uh, I really have nothing uh, beyond the Fair Brad enough. Smith thing that Sandra Hart has uh, put out. We have nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Okay. So, so uh, Kellen Rose a possibility, but you have heard no rumors in my mind. Um. Yeah. In in in. <laughs> In Tim's mind, I mean, obviously the fan base wants it to happen just because the Seattle connection, the the South Sound connection, uh, Federal Way two five three, what what what. Um, so, uh, are there any other? Again, King for a day. Is there anybody else that you that that is uh, shopping around right now in MLS or in Central South America that will be uh, that's somebody that that you wish that we would target uh, either in this window right now. Uh, or uh, coming up to 2019. Uh, no, I mean, aside from you I mean, ran it, through it. it. I, I can't. Not not, not at this point. All right. So, um, but honest question: South America. Uh, if we're looking for, I don't have an EPL team, right? I mean, I can't. I can't beg allegiance. I have so many friends that are so many teams. I I don't have any youth connections to any EPL teams. I just like watching the the stuff. But if there were a team in uh, South America that I should be following this year um, to, to uh, kind of see what's going on in, in, in those leagues, who should I be following? As a team overall? As a team overall. Uh, I, I like Atletico Nacional from Colombia. It's a okay. really good project for, for players. Um, I uh, like Peñarol. No, I mean, uh, as, a, as a fan, if I wanted to be a fan of a team. From any other country? Yeah, yeah. Colo- uh, my team, Nacional. Okay. All right. Atletico Nacional from Medellin. I'm with you, that baby. That is the team. Please do. Follow it up. I like the how green you pronounce that. Is the green Medellin. and white. Medellin. That's right. All right. Tim from Tacoma would like to know uh, <laughs> who's off this roster to start 2019. Ooh, now, that's a good question. But, I mean, the, the, tra- the transfer window basically applies to anybody under contract. Now, I think we can pick up anybody on a free outside of this window it's it's a little weird i think we've done some stuff but who's not on this team next year uh i think clint will be gone i think uh Waylon francis might be gone i think um chad marshall maybe yeah, could see, retire ask about him uh but but i'm not 100 um but those will be the three guys that i would say yeah and, uh, chad's gonna be at uh at the redmond fred meyer uh, doing a Columbia Crest thing, so go and see him. I don't know what day. So at the Redmond Fred Meyer. Redmond Fred Meyer. Very I, cool. That's what Twitter told me. What what day? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Super helpful. Go follow. Uh, go go look at the Sounders <laughs> app and see where Chad Marshall's going to be. And I'm sure you can, can ask him in at person. Columbia Crest and figure it out. Ask him in person. Uh, uh, is this it for you? And when are you going to be on the Flanders B team? Yeah. Oh yeah, Chad. How you doing? How you doing? We got to. If it's no talk longer under contract, then I think we don't have to ask. That's Alex. actually a good point. That's a fantastic <laughs> point. We'll pay his cab fare. We'll do whatever needs to happen. We'll Chad drive. Marshall. After you're out, come check with us. Come check out with us, baby. So, um, yeah. So, so any parting three. shots for Nico? Parting Part, shots? Parting any shots. Uh, any any stuff that burning any, desires? Stuff you wanted to get out there on the on the radio? You want to get off your chest before we wrap it up? Uh, I just think that uh, I want the fans to know that I, I honestly feel that this team has a, a enough elements to uh, make a strong push. I feel like this team will uh, continue to play better, continue to win, and uh, you know all the negativity and 
I know it's it, it's hard to see it, and it's hard to think that a team can just to what, what a lot of people think yeah. that would you just waste the whole first half and just get ready in the second. I mean, it's how you finish, and, and this team I feel like has the elements to make a good push in the playoffs, and and who knows who goes from there. Yeah, if we I, we take a deep breath and look at it at 10,000 feet and just recalculate and recalibrate everything. We have a lot of really good pieces. I, I mean, believe. we're a solid MLS team. Tim, you were saying, I'm sorry? I believe that we will believe that we can win. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I believe. And, and, I mean, we're five points out of the playoffs right now, and um, we're, we're a game in hand against RSL. We covered this earlier in the show. Uh, there, there aren't that many points between us and fourth place. Right. I mean, and so, I mean, this is certainly something we've definitely, with, with a 12-point streak, we are definitely in good shape where we could, you know, we, we don't want to drop a match against Dallas at home, but we, 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 we can right. if, if necessary. Yes. Uh, and the rest of the schedule is not looking that challenging. Right. So at the end of the day... Um, I think we're, like you said, Nico, I think we're, we're hitting some sort of a peak and we're going to be able to uh, sustain this. Uh, I think it's yeah. a possibility. I think it's a strong possibility. I Certainly think it not is. a given, but uh, if we continue to work hard, we continue to support as fans, uh, we're going to be in really good shape going into October, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Playoffs. All right. Playoffs, baby. Don't talk to me about playoffs. Playoffs? Many thanks to Nico Moreno, uh, best analyst in the South Sound, if not wider. Uh, <laughs> definitely kind. appreciate your time uh, uh, time today, and uh, you're, you're a huge contributor to what we know about where uh, this team is and uh, the future of this team. So thank you so much for the work that you do. It's, it's amazing. Thank you. Uh, you have been listening to the Flounders B Team podcast. Flounders B Team is a production of Channel 253. Um, we have other such great podcasts as the... Taco Man Podcast. We also have Move to Tacoma, um, Crossing Division, the Nerd Farmer Podcast, Interchangeable White Lady. You can find us at channel253.com. Of course, go to floundersbeatteam.com to subscribe. Uh, tell all your friends. Give us your five-star reviews on iTunes or your platforms. Special thanks to Casey's Grill and Sports Bar here, who is giving us happy hour beverages here on a Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. Casey's Grill and Sports Bar here in... Kent Washington, 104th between the Big Five and the Fred Meyer. All right, baby. Once again, thank you so much. I'm Steve, Tim, Nico. Thank you so much for listening to the Flounders B Team Podcast. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Channel 253. I refuse. Oh, man. Go ahead, sing it if you want. This is going to be at the end. I love a a little Foo Fighters. This soundtrack has been absolutely amazing. This soundtrack has been brought to you by Sound Choice by Comcast.
Somebody getting the best, the, the best, best, the best of, of you. you. <laughs> the, the pain I mean, you the feel. '90s, the '90s. I'm yeah, telling you, man, the '90s, pseudo grunge decade. Dude, you millennials have the, no idea. You have no idea. This was a magical time. The Offspring, Corn, yeah. 